Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Sushila Nayar, who's the Senior Director of Security, and Scott Betcher, Vice President of Data Intelligence for NTT Data. In this week's tech news, T-Mobile and Sprint are trying to do a $26 billion merger. And they've kind of told the public that if the merger happens, there's three big things that they're going to do. One, 10 years of free 5G service for all first responders. That would be police, fire, emergency medical services. Free wireless service and reduced cost to 10 million disconnected people in the United States and Puerto Rico. And for everyone else, a new $15 a month prepaid plan with unlimited talk and text and two gigabytes of data. I'm not affiliated with them. I just think it's a very cool deal. SoftBank, they announced that they took a $6.5 billion loss for the first time in 14 years. And if we're following all the news around SoftBank, much of it was caused by the restructuring of their investment in WeWork and a few other quote-unquote unicorns. Uh, Mayoshi-san, who is the billionaire leader of SoftBank, admitted that he, which is, which is rare, he admitted that he had some issues with judgment and that he was going to do better. In a strange case, two Twitter employees were accused of helping Saudi Arabian officials spy on individuals that they wanted information on. And they were notified in 2015 that this was occurring, but the details are just coming out now. They were offered such things as expensive watches and tens of thousands of dollars. And this is just goes to show that it's very similar to cell phone companies. Uh, always be very mindful of where you put your personal data. And in the final tech news, Apple released iOS 13.2.2, which all that means is if you're following patches, people had reported after just installing iOS 13.2 that there was a ton of bugs, including prematurely shutting off your apps and sometimes losing cellular service. Uh, Apple immediately came out with this patch. So even though you think that you just patched your phone, I recommend patching it again. And by the way, even after doing that, it's rumored that iOS 13.3 is coming out very soon. And that's the tech news of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I have Sushila Nayar, Senior Director of Security Services, and Scott Betcher, Vice President of Data Intelligence, both from NTT Data Services. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. So, Sushila, I'd like you to start with a little bit about your background and what your role is at NTT Data. Wonderful. So, I have been working in security for uh, quite a while, over 20 years, and um Initially, as a chief information security officer for 10 years, and then really in computing infrastructure, business, and security. And I've, I've had such an interesting time in cybersecurity. So I've worked in a whole lot of diverse areas, telecommunications, risk analysis, credit card fraud. I've even done some legal expert witness 
work. Uh, worked with the insurance industry, uh, looking at methods of underwriting e-risk insurance. Uh, so very, very interesting. I also participate quite a lot within the community. I'm on the board of uh, the Greater Washington, D.C. chapter of ISACR. Really um, enjoy playing a role in supporting, uh, you know, the growth of cybersecurity knowledge and skills development. That's great. And Scott, what and, about you? Uh, oh, oh, no, keep going. Sorry. And within NTT Data, I am responsible for the uh, security offers. And I'll, I'll get back to you about what that entails. Scott, why don't we hear about what your background is? Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I lead the uh, data and AI services within NTT Data Services. And uh, I've been here about five years. And um, my background is really an enterprise systems integration kind of background. I've, I've been doing that for more than 25 years. Played a, a variety of roles that, that have included client executive type roles, um, practice leadership of, of large consulting companies or large con- consulting services, and um, uh, really excited to be in the data and AI space. It's it's really a fun space, and it also is uh, it, it's uh, very interesting how much I get to to think about security um, and, and work with Sushila. Yes, it's true. We, we, we've uh, had the opportunity to work together quite a bit, which we've enjoyed. Well, thank you. And I, I wanted to go into a little bit about NTT Data Services. It's uh, a division of a much larger company called NTT, NTT Data Corporation out of Japan. NTT Data Services is actually headquartered in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it's not small. Um, I've done business with NTT Data for many, many years in its other incarnations of companies that NTT Data has acquired. So it's 120,000 employees uh, in more than 50 countries. So this is one of the top 10 technology companies, uh, service companies in the world. So very happy that we're talking about cybersecurity. It's something that I talk about my show a lot. I think actually I come out of banking and technology with my time at Cisco and Wells Fargo and the Bank of Tokyo. And I'll tell you that uh, most corporations, and I'll say it and say it often, don't spend enough time thinking about security unless it's mandated or regulated, such as banks or automotive or healthcare or energy. And that's why I wanted both of you to talk about what in NTT Data Services, your security offerings, what's some of the overview of the services that entails? Because, again, I think companies are kind of in the dark for what they need to be thinking about. Right. Really, from a security offerings perspective, we've developed our portfolio to really um, address what we're hearing from our clients they most need. So around governance, risk, and compliance, you know, that whole area of how do you align your your spend, right, with with security whilst uh, really directing that to an appropriate amount of risk, right? So managing uh, cybersecurity has really become a question around enterprise risk. And so we've got some great folks there that are able to really help our clients around that. And especially with the increase of regulatory requirements around uh, cybersecurity. So that's an area that we've really seen resonate with our clients. And then network endpoint IoT and OT security. Yeah, this is a huge area. You think about something like, um, you know, WannaCry, NotPetya, some of those huge ransomware attacks, you know, being able to design your 
your network is absolutely critical so that, um, you know, it doesn't spread in the same way. You think about 150 countries, 24 hours, that's what happened, WannaCry. So this area really focuses on architecting your network, you know, building those networks of trust, looking at endpoints and perhaps um, automatic endpoint isolation, uh, policy-based isolation, NAC, as well as IoT and OT security, which is really, really critical areas as we see our clients move into this space and really um, look at how they can optimize their business through um, through leveraging different kinds of sensors and then cloud security because, of course, almost all our customers are looking at cloud or using cloud, you know, hybrid cloud. So how do you secure that? Identity and access management, we often say, you know, as as networks are changing and we have less of a defined perimeter, in fact, no perimeter, then, um, you know, Identity is the new perimeter, so very, very important capability there. And then application security. You know, in this new digital world, we're really reinventing ourselves through code. So how do you ensure that you're embedding security into uh, your software development lifecycle? Absolutely critical. Uh, Threat and vulnerability management, because you may have some very good security controls, but... um, um, you know, how do you detect threats if they get past you? I'm sorry, you were... So, so Sheila and Scott, thanks for a great start to the show. We'll come right back in the next segment to talk more about security and applications and what companies can be doing to secure themselves. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. Any questions or comments, email us at info at svin.biz, and we'll be right back. The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Once again, I'm joined with two very special guests, Sushila Nayar, Senior Director of Security Services, and Scott Betcher, Vice President of Data Intelligence at NTT Data Services. Welcome back. Thanks, Keith. So for the question of the week, and I think a perfect question for the two of you to answer in light of all the types of stuff we do in our daily lives on phones, on our computers, what's the importance of application security and why do people not know about it? So, Sheila, do you want me to start that out? Uh, yep, go for it. Okay. Well, I, I think it's um, you know, a super important issue. You know, we talk about software eating the world and uh, we better make sure the software that's eating the world is not full of security vulnerabilities and and um, things that, that leave exposure to our, our private data and such. Um, and there's so many examples you hear about these days, like um, the web web conferencing app issue that occurred recently where they could uh, uh, people could, through a bug in that app, take over your, your camera without you knowing it and, and watch you on the webcam. That was a, a, a pretty serious issue. And um, you just hear about a, a new one every day. And um, it, it it just needs to be an important issue that, that companies invest in. Um, I think about them as d- data spills. You know, the, as, as data is the new oil and is is extremely valuable. The um, 
uh, with that value comes danger, right? You know, kind of, you know, the um, the, the yin yang aspect of life with with great value, you, you get this great danger that you just have to be on guard against, and you have to invest in in, in making sure you've protected yourself properly from. Yeah. Well, thank you. And we really see that in our analysis as well. So within our Global Threat Intelligence Report, which is a report that we produce every year, we see that application web attacks are 32% of our attacks. Um, and also, you know, when we went back and had a look, we saw that, you know, 80% of organizations really failed to test their applications for security. So, and, and humans being humans, as you code things, you make errors. And so our greatest strength as we reinvent ourselves through applications becomes our greatest weakness, our source of vulnerability in the way that folks would attack us. So um, hence, one of the things that NTT actually did was acquire White Hat, a company that focuses on application security testing to really help our clients, ensuring that you know they embed security into that application development process because it's just it's it's critical human beings make errors yeah thank yeah. you and another thing to note is that you know keith it might not be the error that you make it might be a lot of what people are doing now is they're building their software with uh, libraries um and and those libraries may have the the issue and and, uh, and a company like white hat can really help you with that Help you discover that and help you secure your your app after you've you've integrated a lot of third party libraries. Yeah, just yeah, and they even see that in containers, like the the top ten uh, Docker images that folks download were analyzed and shown to have you know uh, uh, vulnerabilities within them. So you know if you're not kind of checking that, yes. Uh, and just simply yeah. using your images, then you're, again, exposing yourself to a set of vulnerabilities. Just a couple of anecdotes. So in terms of containerized security, there's lots of startups right now trying to tackle that issue. And I think my personal feeling is that that's going to be the next wave of security because people, to Scott's point and to yours, Sheila, that people are not aware of what they're doing. So application development or software development, people were used to developing in a box and not thinking about security is somebody else's problem. But now that all these apps have um, are very easy to deploy, very quickly to deploy, and things that people usually don't even think about, it makes it really vulnerable. We can talk about all kinds of examples. We were off microphone. We were talking about Equifax and that big security hole that happened a couple of years ago affecting uh -huh. you know over 100 million people. It's a problem, right? We can also talk about more recent things. Uh, I recently reported about Google Android devices. Very common that a new vulnerability shows up. And this is a case where uh, a very entrepreneurial hacker um, hacked the devices just to increase ad clicks, and they were getting the ad revenue off of that. Um, so nothing malicious, but it could very easily become malicious. Yeah. So the other anecdote is your acquisition of White Hat. I'd like to congratulate Craig Hinckley, who's the CEO. He used to actually be one of my direct bosses at Cisco. And that was just um, a really good acquisition for NTT data and the industry, back to your point that application security is something that every organization should be thinking about. 
Yep, I think that it's absolutely, you know, it's it's absolutely critical because I think so many organizations are, are discovering new ways, new revenue streams, new ways to kind of reinvent themselves in this digital world. And um, without embedding security in, it becomes a, it could easily be that source of attack. Yeah, I know, I know of a company in the, back into the ad world, they're a startup and they have calculated and their software was used to detect click fraud. So you think about the movie Office Space, and if people recall, there was a premise where they were able to siphon off fractions of cents off of transactions, which ended up making them unexpectedly millions and millions of dollars. Um, same thing with yeah. ad click, fraud click. Really? <laughs> so so yeah, so, so there's people who scrape um, ad clicks at fractions of cents, and it you know it's easy to lose twenty five million dollars if you're an advertiser. And that's what I wanted to turn it back to to both of you on some of the use case and patterns that you're seeing, and how is NTT Data Services solving for that? So we're certainly seeing. You know, I think it's interesting you bringing up um, containers, and I think containers are such a powerful tool for both good um, as well as you know associated risks. So I mean, I love stories of you know. Um, one particular organization that was talking about how, you know, they re- refresh their containers daily, right, so that no malware can actually attach to their container. So there's massive amounts of security benefits because you're kind of really running a more lightweight capability. That's what a container is. Think about a, a virtual machine with kind of less in it. Um, so, you know, by, by its nature, you should decrease your attack surface. And yet at the same time, you know, if you're getting those images for your containers off public repo- repositories and you're not actually testing them, then, um, you know, you're really exposing yourself to other kinds of risks. So I think this is such an exciting time where we've got so many new uh, capabilities that we haven't had before that's been exposed through cloud, through IoT, through, you know, vast quantities of data that we're collecting. You know, people are still discovering new business streams, but it's also really changing enterprise risk. Um, and I think it's becoming harder for people to understand what that, you know, what that risk looks like. And that's, you know, the critical part of including a cybersecurity person on your board because, you know, it becomes one of your most critical areas of enterprise risk. I completely agree with you, Sushila. And just as we're finishing up in this segment, um, coming out of banking and technology, banking, enterprise risk management, ERM, is a discipline and there are board members related to that. Uh, not often in corporate, especially technology companies. So when we get back in the next segment, I want to start talking more about DevSecOps, which is kind of what we started in this segment, and talk about more how companies can really keep themselves safe. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm joined with Sushila Nayar and Scott Betcher of Entity Data Services. Any questions or comments about what we've been talking about in this segment, email us at info at svi.biz, and we'll be right back. The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your hosts, Keith Koo 
Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Sushila Nayar and Scott Betcher, two cybersecurity experts from NTT Data. On this week's cyber tip, I'm going to pivot and actually give a physical security tip. Uh, if you're following autonomous driving where the cars drive themselves, the NTS, National Transportation Safety Board, just came out with a report this week on the death of a pedestrian in March of 2016 caused by an Uber car. In the report, they said the most likely reasons this happened was, one, the Uber system was not equipped to identify or deal with pedestrians walking outside of a crosswalk, otherwise known as jaywalking. And two, the engineers added a one-second delay for the detection system because they didn't want to get what's called false positives where it's always thinking it's going to hit somebody. And three, they disabled the Volvo that is the car, the braking system that's already installed. And while that sounds terrible, it actually does make sense because you wouldn't want two different masters of your car's system. This is just a reminder that autonomous driving, autonomous vehicles is still considered a new technology. And when you decide to cross streets or roads, you have no idea whether it's a regular car or autonomous car. So just always be safe. And that's the tip of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I have Sushila Nayar, Senior Director of Security Services, and Scott Betcher, Vice President of Data at Entity Data Services. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks, Will. So in our last segment, we were just starting to have a very interesting conversation on this concept of DevSecOps. And as a reminder, Entity Data Services, Entity Data is one of the top 10 technology services firms in the world and this is just a really relevant topic because I think we're at a point, and we've talked about it throughout the show, that all organizations, big or small, that the rate of technology change is happening so fast that people um, either don't understand the need to be secure or can't keep up with that. And companies like Entity Data and Entity Data Services are helping with that. So I wanted to keep going on this DevSecOps um, conversation. What is that and why does it matter? And why don't we start with Sushila? Great. Okay. So, yeah, you know, where we're moving to is to be able to automate our development of applications. Um, and this idea of being able to tie development with operations together so that you're, you take, you know, application development, you're able to work in teams, check your source code in, and then move it through a pipeline where, it, you know, essentially it pops out the other end and um, it's in the live environment. But, of course, in between, within that pipeline, you should be running all of these different kinds of security testing and your application security policy, you know, your framework should determine what kind of testing you need to do to ensure when your application, you know, it pops out the other end ready to go into the live environment that it's doing so without um, security vulnerabilities or in fact that you understand what those vulnerabilities are because we can sometimes as well um, you know, utilizing things like web application firewalls, put in compensating controls to protect ourselves if there is a vulnerability that's out there. So DevSecOps, you know, is all about um, looking at how we can um, automate and streamline our development of applications. And very important that, that all DevOps is DevSecOps <laughs> in that we embed yeah. security testing all the way through. 
Yeah, we just keep coming up with new terms because of the complexity. Um, Scott, yeah. I wanted to ask you about the importance of the proper data and enterprise architecture when it comes to uh, security solutions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we often talk about data ops, but 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 the the idea of of a, a DevSecOps is really really important. That we have to have that those security professionals embedded in the Scrum teams that that are developing a full analytic solution and uh, making sure we we have the proper security testing. And and a lot of times too, we we haven't really talked much about like uh, the the integration challenge, but the security vulnerabilities that come from um, other software that might be a, a part of a of an integration, um, you know, like I think about the the large financial services company that uh, it had a, an unpatched version of of uh, Apache Struts, and it ended up um, exposing millions of records and costing them millions of dollars, and and you know they ended up. <laughs> losing a lot of their stock price and it was just just a huge issue for this financial services company and all it was was just an unpatched version of Apache struts within an, an integrated environment for their analytic solution. So we, we, we stress that you have to have those security professionals in that, that scrum team building out that solution um, and, and, and make a, a proper investment in that too. A lot of times people are reluctant to to invest enough in security, but but that investment can go so far when you think about the risk. Well, this is a really excellent point from both my corporate life and in the clients I work with, um, especially those that are not financial service companies. Uh, they are very reluctant to add cost because they see it all as an expense. Yeah. And you know, the question I always go back to: What is the cost if you aren't secure? So the when you mentioned the Apache Struts vulnerability in um, the financial services firm. Um, I recently taught a master class on cybersecurity for uh, business folks, bankers. And I talked about how often the biggest vulnerabilities in terms of percentages, you know, they have all these different acronyms, all these different names. So insider threat, a malicious insider, um, incompetent insider. But misconfiguration is one of the mm-hmm. most prevalent problems in any company. And it it's really not to blame people. It's over time. And I'll bring this up. I've, I brought it up pretty often. Uh, Deloitte, yeah. which has been the number one con- cyber consulting firm a number of years in a row, two years ago, they had a pretty significant um, publicly announced breach that affected government clients up to millions of email records. And it was that once the intruder got in, they didn't have two-factor authentication um, on their internal email infrastructure that they were basically a managed service provider for, where in their literature, if, as they're consulting, they say that they insist that when they do an audit or a risk assessment of you as a customer, that they make sure that you have multi-factor authentication. And that's simply because as time goes on, people forget the systems they've already deployed. And that's why it's so important to do periodic checks. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely critical, I think. I mean, you know, and and as much as possible to look at automating those checks to understand what your security baseline is, to agree that baseline, and then look at how you can trigger alerts when you move out of baseline. Um, yes, I completely agree. Misconfiguration is a massive problem. And, and this is where something, you know, Scott, your expertise, this is something where AI can help. Um, these are things that... AI can be trained 
along with machine learning to look for patterns of th- right. these really uh, well you know we'll call them very easy to miss mistakes just because of the way that systems grow over time and people lose sight of them. Yeah. So Scott, what are some of the, the other use cases, some examples that NTT Data Services has been solving for? Well, when you talked about the two-factor authentication that, that wasn't in play uh, behind, behind the firewall, it made me think about the, the, uh, the focus that we have in insurance on the um, uh, uh, account takeover that, that is often a cause of fraud. Yep. Um, the insurance companies estimate that you know, 50% of their, their fraud risk is around account takeover and and so how we um, do proper authentication, how we you know, protect the credentials, um, do things with, with um, things like voice biometrics, um, that, that's, a, that's a major focus of, of ours these days. Yeah, that's a, I think there's going to be a lot of solutions, especially in InsureTech and RegTech, because hackers are very creative. I wanted to switch yeah. um, gears just a little bit because I think this is just a fascinating question, especially in light of Google and IBM saying who's got quantum supremacy. So, Sheila, what do you think about quantum computing and has that really changed the paradigm of all the things that we've been working on so far? Um, are we equipped to keep up with quantum computing or are we always one step behind? You know, I think quantum computing is so exciting because it's going to open so many new potential applications, really being able to run things like more complex AI programs, advanced computations. But in the cybersecurity world, it really offers some significant challenges because, you know, much of how we've secured data on untrusted networks or uh, secure transmission is through uh, encryption. And, um, you know, suddenly our cryptographic calculations, you know, are, are at risk, right? Because, um, it, quantum computing really allows us to do things much faster, which essentially would allow us to break encryption algorithms that we believe are safe today. And we see that. We see, for instance, nation states stealing encrypted data in the belief that they may unencrypt it. Um, sometime in the future. So, you know, really, as we see this announcement uh, going, you know, we really need to think about how we're encrypting data because, you know, we, I thought that was a wonderful point where you were talking about misconfigurations and misconfigurations often lead to, you know, some of the, the most best-known breaches, right? right? So we're always supposed to have layered security and one of the most important layers is encrypt your data because if it all goes wrong, at least your data is encrypted. Um, and now we're looking at the potential fact that, you know, that, that encryption <laughs> may not be protecting you, you know, so you really need to choose encryption that is quantum proof, if you like. And so, Sheila and Scott, uh, with that sobering thought, we're out of time in this segment, so we'll have to have you back on in the future. So once again, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. My special guests have been Sushila Nayar and Scott Betcher of NTT Data Services. you have any questions or comments about today's show, how to keep your company secure, Email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back to finish the show.
The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I've had Sushila Nayar, Senior Director of Security Services, and I've had Scott Betcher, Vice President of Data and Architecture at Entity Data. Welcome back. Thanks, Keith. So in this segment called The Pivot, this is really appropriate for what we've been talking about throughout today's show which is with all these technologies, we talk about artificial intelligence, IoT, data, data architectures, the world continues to become more complex and companies really need to take a proactive stance with how they not only think about the security posture, but they think about their overarching architecture. And so Scott and Sushila, I wanted to talk about more, how can companies think about that in um, a structured manner, so to speak? Well, I'll, I'll start on, on data architecture. Um, that's been a major focus of, of our data and AI practice. And um, as companies prepare for the AI use cases that they, they see the potential for, um, they they soon realize their data architecture is not, not up to what they need to do. And, and it drives a lot of change, a lot of modernization across that data architecture. Um, it, and it's also being influenced by the, the transition to the cloud, where there's so many services that we can we can take advantage of as as we power our AI. So that that's that's been a, a major focus. And and then of course along with all of that, we we need to make sure we're um, uh, properly addressing security as we modernize that data architecture. Yeah, I think uh, it's very common. I use the Back here in California, use the Winchester Mystery House example of uh, how most companies do their architecture. And mm-hmm. instead of just yeah. bolting on solutions, um, you really do need to invest in looking at your entire architecture top to bottom to make sure that you've got everything covered. Yeah, that's an excellent metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, Sushil, I wanted to talk about what NTT Data is doing with Jin. And how is that helping transform customers? Great. Well, you know, one of the one of the examples that are out there is that we're seeing, you know, that the organizations are concerned about is really uh, this whole area of um, of nation state attacks, of um, of of enormous amounts of cyber threats related to what looks like ransomware. If we th- take something like NotPetya, we or WannaCry, you know. Uh, it, it traveled enormously quickly through um, organizations' networks. And, in fact, NotPetya was, you know, calculated cost $10 billion, uh, to the world economy. So uh, incredible impact. And we know that's not going to be isolated, that organizations need to be prepared for these large-scale cyber attacks. Uh, so it's really important to be able to have threat intelligence, to understand, you know, what's coming over the horizon. 
And so we're constantly working. We spend a huge amount of money every year on R&D, between 3 and $4 billion, and um, much of it is spent on security. And about 40% of the world's Internet traffic is, ca- is carried by NTT. So we really have a unique opportunity to study um, botnet infrastructure and behavior. And so, so botnets are really this idea of networks of, of computers infected with some kind of malicious software and controlled as a group without the owner's knowledge. Um, and so there may be these sleeper cells in your network that you are not actually even aware of. They, now, botnets, they don't actually behave like regular Internet traffic, but most people don't actually look at that traffic on that level. So we actually developed an advanced machine learning algorithm to be able to detect and monitor botnets. And that's really kind of unique because we have, you know, we're one of the few organizations with access to that amount of uh, traffic data. And data really is one of the ways, you know, that that is a huge differentiator. And so we're still looking at that 40% of traffic and consistently getting more and more out of it in terms of um, threat detection. So that's a wonderful, real example of how we can use it to be able to um, detect a particular threat like, um, like botnet. So Sheila, that's great. Those are very interesting developments. And having 40% of the internet traffic of the world go through it's an enormous amount of data, so I'm very impressed by that. Scott, with just the final minute we have, I'd like you to leave some closing thoughts on how organizations should keep themselves safe. Um, yeah, I'll just go back to the, the importance of, of just making it a priority. Um, you know, this this is you know data spills can be as costly as as oil spills now in in, in this world and. Um, they might not be as dramatic as BP gushing oil into the, the Gulf of Mexico, but uh, we, we need to realize that uh, uh, we can do a lot of damage to the community with, with a data spill, and it, it, it's worth it for us to, to make the proper investment and, and to really be on guard at every level as we, as we do our software development and our, our systems integration. Those are really good points, and I like the analogy that Something times organizations they actually affect others, and so it really becomes important as an ecosystem for everyone to stay safe. So, once again, Sushila and Scott from NTT Data Services, thank you for being on today's show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Kate. Look forward to having you back. And again, any questions or comments on today's show, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll see you next week. The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN.